0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 5, Episode 6. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by Excess Sites. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. As of the recording of this episode... And I am your host Riley Bowman and today I'm joined by our producer and co-host Matthew Marister.
1: Greetings, greetings.
0: Salutations.
1: Up, good, good. Just prepping for the uh the snow copalypse or whatever you call it. I don't, I don't know. There's always some catchy snow, term.
0: Snow copalypse versus snow I yeah. like that. Snow copalips.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah something crazy with snow right There's, i'll go with it man <laughs> we're, we're going we're going with it but yeah uh yeah i hope you guys are staying safe i guess everybody's gonna get hit here soon so and you already did so yep
0: we're sending it your way man awesome <laughs> didn't like the northeast get pounded this last weekend pretty mm-hmm. good yeah i'm guessing some of those folks are going to get some more from this system moving its way east across the country Anyway, folks, welcome to another episode of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Uh, This is our Justified Saves episode titled Carjackings and Robberies on the Rise. You know, we were talking before we started recording the episode about how last month's Justified Saves episode was titled Carjackings Extravaganza. And Matthew here was just telling us about how he could have thrown in easily like two or three more carjacking stories. Uh, into our our lineup of news coverage here today. So, uh, yeah, the fact of the matter is, I mean, everyone knows this by now, Uh, even if the White House is um, resistant to acknowledging it. Everyone knows crime, unfortunately, is on the rise and has been on the rise for some time. Violent crime, theft crime, whatever, you name it, is all... uh, much worse. And I was actually just reading this morning in the news, Matthew, about how deaths from drug overdoses in 2021, I think it was 20, maybe it was talking 2020, but I think it was 2021, if I recall, was over 100,000 people that died wow. from drug overdoses. That was up from the previous year by more than, by basically 30,000 people. That's, that's, um, um, the times we are in are, are, really rough times you know this whole covid business everyone talks about covid-19 and the effects of covid-19 on you know as far as we've all known people have been affected by covid-19 directly people that have passed away from covid-19 but you can't overlook the fact that the uh, other repercussions whether it be of the actual virus but perhaps more so of the uh, the policy surrounding it uh, lockdowns, quarantines, uh, uh, businesses shut down, lack of production, shortages in food and 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 other commodities uh, and supplies. I, a, fo- a friend of mine just posted a photo today from his local Home Depot showing the lack of product on the shelves for like roof repair and stuff. And just all the point of the matter is, is these are interesting times we are in, and I think there's this general frustration anxiety and angst that has permeated throughout our society combined with a lack of prosecutions of violent criminals you see where i'm going Mm -hmm. it's rough man it's rough and it's all the more reason why i i am even more passionate and uh more committed to making sure that i myself and those that i am responsible for, and or those that I am responsible for teaching, that I do everything I can to help them, you, whoever you are, be a little bit more prepared for, for the dangers that surround us, essentially. And they are more than just a man with a gun threatening us. They, they are, there are many things out there. I hope that you not only are prepared your, yourself as far as you're, you're carrying a gun and doing it legally and being tuned into the laws, but also that you're prepared financially and provisionally um, because things are crazy. Yeah. Anyway, guys, today's episode is sponsored by CCW Safe. CCW Safe is our, par- our sponsor partner that we've been with now for some time, and I am proud of our association with CCW Safe. I've been an Ultimate member now for a few years. The, I truly believe it is the best product out there for self defense. We're not going to use the word insurance because it's not a true insurance, but it is a self defense coverage plan, primarily focused around providing you the legal resources for the aftermath of any violent encounters that you find yourself in having to defend yourself within. So guys, consider CCW Safe for your self-defense coverage by going to ccwsafe.com and using the coupon code or discount code or whatever you want to call it. That is CC Podcast to save you 10%. All right. And then also Guardian Nation members, you guys know should know that you save 20% with your own special discount code available in the members area uh, dashboard thingy. That that place log into the site and sign in and and look up your discount code. Make sure you're taking advantage of that 20% discount, which I believe is the highest discount that you can get anywhere uh, with respect to CCW Safe. And whether you go with the ultimate plan like I did or with their protector or defender plans, which are also very reasonably priced but offer amazing coverage, just know that you will be covered by the best in the industry. Again, ccwsafe.com. Very appropriate they sponsor the Justified Saves uh, episode here today because of the topic and the various things that we will talk about and discuss. A uh, number of people here that likely need CCW Safe and or wish they had CCW Safe. And hopefully some of these had or have CCW Safe and we just don't know it uh, and are making use of it. Also, today's episode sponsor is Gunfighter Gun Oil. Uh, You know, I've been using Gunfighter Gun Oil for some time now, and I'll just share with you that this last weekend I was teaching a class in uh, San Antonio, Texas, a two day course down there. It was quite cold. Each morning we we started, it was below freezing. I think one morning was like 23 degrees, and the other morning was like 27 degrees. And, you know, sometimes that causes some guns to uh, have problems. Uh, You know, if they're not well lubricated, or they're lubricated with the wrong stuff and that lubrication has gotten thicker due to the temperature change. Well, well, what I can tell you is I had no problems with my guns running in that cold sub, you know, below zero uh, uh, or below freezing, below zero Celsius that is, right? That below freezing temperature, I had no problems because I was running gunfighter gun oil. I didn't even like clean my guns <laughs> it's one of those things i show up to class and i'm like dang you know like i don't remember the last time i cleaned this thing i probably should have cleaned it but uh you know what i'm just gonna throw some gunfighter gun oil on it i also use their their grease product as well in parts of my guns where i prefer grease versus oil why grease versus oil places where i don't want it to run and so uh yeah use both products Proud to be associated and affiliated with Gunfighter Gun Oil. Go to GunfighterOil.com. Pick yourself up some Gunfighter Gun Oil today. All right. So tested, confirmed, good for cold climates. Sometimes a question people want to know about. I'll be in another class this coming weekend in Alabama where it's also expected to be cold. Mm -hmm. So be another test for Gunfighter Gun Oil. And folks, let me know in the comments or in the, uh, you know, feel free to hit us up on the podcast email line should i clean my guns before this next weekend before this next class should i you tell me (laughs) the cool thing is is a well-lubricated gun tends to keep running even when it is dirty there's a limit to everything but anyway let me know if you you think i should clean my guns (laughs) Of course, gunfighter gun oil has uh, a, a solvent or cleaning product as well. I should probably, I should probably use that more. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, So today again, we're talking about the uh, justified safe stories that we do once a month. Um, our top story is out of Waco, Texas, So Waco PD reporting how a bystander shoots man who attacked woman with knife. This happened just outside a, a QT gas station a quick trip um and so matthew why don't you uh give us the the story on this one of course, yeah this the, uh, waco tribune herald
1: yeah so as you said it happened in waco texas this was uh january 29th so just a few days ago and it made its way around um you know facebook and all that but uh this happened at 7 40 p.m so not 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 super late uh, in the afternoon at a gas station go figure um Quick trip gas station. um, And basically, what happens is a man starts assaulting a woman. Uh, She's seen, you know, running into uh, the gas station building uh, store. He chases her in there and is assaulting her with a knife. Um, A concealed carrier uh, in the area uh, observes this. And this is one of those situations where, you know, we're always talking about make sure you know what's going on before you intervene on a third party and you know you shoot somebody and we'll talk about that in a second but uh he obviously sees this woman being assaulted and uh, ends up shooting the guy um that's attacking her and stops him from from killing her um i believe he was uh, stabbed the the uh person who intervened um i didn't see it in this uh news article that i linked to in the show notes but uh in, in other ones um yeah so the 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 victim was uh admitted to the hospital uh the attacker was ad- admitted to the hospital um maybe the bystander wasn't injured it was just the the, the woman who was uh who was attacked but he, he hasn't been charged he intervened appropriately it seems uh used appropriate uh force uh against somebody who is Actively uh, stabbing uh, a woman with a knife, and uh, like I said, we we, we want to make sure that we're aware of what's going on before we intervene with the gun. But clearly, in this case, um, it, it was clear that this was not some mistaken identity type thing, um, and she was very really going to uh, to suffer death or serious bodily injury.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you were spot on. I mean, again, we have a couple stories today, actually, that are kind of like this, where you have a third party getting involved in an altercation, uh, and there's another story that's not even on, you know, it didn't make the final cut uh, of our stories today. I don't know if you even saw this other one, Matthew, where a woman was uh, being robbed in her neighborhood, and a third-party male, you know, happened to see this take place, and he basically yelled at the the man that had presented a gun and got himself shot in the process but Mm -hmm. you know probably saved the life of this woman uh in so doing you know and it's like you know people were applauding that man like ah that's just what he would do he's such a good guy and uh you know there's a guy here in this quick trip story too you know decided to get involved um and uh you know like point is is in this case this one went this one went well Right for the bystander, he got right. the job done. Uh, he and, he and he saved a life here, like he did absolutely what he needed to do. Um, but it is just a good reminder of, of how uh, we really need to be careful, uh, intervening in other people's problems mm-hmm. if we value numero uno's uh, uh, safety, right? Uh, so it's a common theme, we talk about it probably every month, every justified saves episode, uh, but it's an important one. And so you've got to make the decision right now because it's better you do it ahead of time in advance before you find yourself in in the situation so you can make the best decisions that you can under stress. And that is, what are you willing to give your life up over? Okay. Mm -hmm. And think long and hard about that. Okay. And think about the things that you are giving up should you lose your life uh, for somebody else. Or by intervening in something, and uh, make the decision what is worth it to you. Okay. So anyway, again, uh, third-party individual intervened, drew his handgun, shot this man, stabbing the woman. Um, both the woman and the stabbing suspect are are uh, you know being treated for their wounds um, at the hospital. We're glad this one was resolved the way it was because it likely would have ended. Even worse for this woman had someone not been able to do something about it. And that's that's the power of an armed society, right? Uh, particularly one that can be armed with firearms like this, because here you have a knife fight that then is completely trumped by a gun, by a gunfight. The knife fight becomes a gunfight, and I promise you that the uh, that the person doing the stabbing was not prepared to handle themselves against. A legally armed citizen with a gun. So, uh, the kudos, kudos to, to to the good guys here in this story. Uh, so, I'm very happy this one resolved the way it did. Absolutely. Going now to Clark County, Washington, Vancouver, Washington. Clark County sheriff's deputy. It says here, and talking about getting involved in other people's kind of other people's problems here this this one's a this was this is a tricky tricky one here but this is a clark county deputy who shoots an off-duty vancouver police officer who was struggling with an armed robber so this story is kind of complex so um so hold on for this you know listen closely uh, because the details are important but uh, again this happened in the vancouver area Uh, basically what happened here is that the sheriff's office responded to an armed robbery at a at a, at a convenience store, uh, and uh, the, a person there, a man, had reportedly pointed a handgun at the clerk's chest and demanded money. It says, according to this article on krem com, that's a local channel two CBS affiliate news station. Um, the uh, suspect then d- drove away in a stolen car. Deputies pursued him. They used spike strips to stop his car, uh, but he ditched the vehicle and was able to run away. Okay. So he runs over to the home of a man that just happens to be a Vancouver police department officer, a woman there, presumably the, the wife, because she refers to the man, uh, involved here as her husband, uh, She calls 911 to report that a man who happened to match the description of the robbery suspect had pounded on her front door and said he had just been involved in a crash. Please keep in mind, this is not the first time this sort of tactic has been used. I'm reminded of a student of mine that came through a class a few years ago who had, in that case, actually a naked man or I think I think he was actually totally stark buck naked, had actually come to her door of her home, knocked on it in the middle of the night, said he would, you know, gave, gave her this crazy sounding story. And I apologize for if there's any background noise here, my furnace is kicking on and it's cold. So we got to let that thing run for the family that's upstairs. But in that case, you know, this, this woman and her husband, uh, this former student of mine, um, uh, I say former cause I haven't seen her in a couple of years, but, uh, she, uh, You know, they were very reticent to allowing that man to gain entry into their home because they weren't sure if what he was telling was true. Um, That was probably wise, right? It turned out that his story was true. But in this case, you have a armed robbery suspect pursued by police, stopped with spike strips, runs away, goes to this home who happens to be the home of a police officer Pounds on the door and says he's been involved in a crash. <laughs> See where that's going. So um, apparently her husband, Donald Sahota, who was an armed off-duty Vancouver police officer, he, he either picked up on what was going on or he had gotten word of what was going on, you know, that there was a suspect in the area. So he went out into the driveway to try to, de- to detain this suspect. Unfortunately, it did not go smoothly, because the suspect, uh, in a in a struggle, caused Officer Sahota to lose control of his firearm, and then he proceeded to stab Officer Sahota with a knife multiple times. It says that he that uh, Donald Sahoda received so- several stab wounds. Uh, I saw another story too where it mentioned that how some of those wounds were in the chest. So um, let's let's understand that. Even though what's about to take place is quite tragic, uh, it's entirely possible that Officer Sahota was going to die anyway. Okay, um, but suspect broke free and then started running towards Sahota's house, where again his wife and two children are within. Sahota is able to recover his gun and then ran after the suspect who was trying to enter the home. It's r- somewhere around this time that police arrive on the scene and the first responding deputy sheriff arrives on the scene knows they're looking for a man, right? A man that they know at least previously had a gun because he had been, he had used a gun in an armed robbery earlier that night in a call that they had responded to. So they arrive in front of the Sahota's home see a man with a gun, this responding deputy grabs his patrol rifle and then fires shots, which happened to be fired at officer Sahota because he's the one that's holding a gun in his hand. And he's an off duty police officer. Sahota collapsed on his front porch before officers were able to determine and, re- and or realize who he was. And that in fact, he was the good guy, the owner of the home and a police officer. Then the suspect was surrendered and taken into custody. So this is a terrible, terrible tragedy of an incident. Um, but unfortunately, it's not the first time it's occurred, and it won't be the last one probably either. My mind immediately goes, Matthew, to the incident here in Old Town, Arvada, Colorado. We had the Good Samaritan concealed carrier that stopped that active shooter. Right. And in the process got himself shot. Mm -hmm. by responding authorities. So this obviously is a concern, and it's a topic we've talked about and broken down before uh, as far as maybe what can we do or should we do or what should we be able to do uh, to hopefully prevent this sort of thing from occurring. That's the details of this story. What's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you 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 set it up perfectly. Um, There's a couple points where, when we're looking back, we see you know we harp on this for. Anybody don't leave your, don't first, don't open the door to somebody who says, Hey, I need to come in. I, I'm, you know, my car broke down or I was in a wreck, like have a ring doorbell or something way that you can communicate with somebody. Even if it's just talking through the door, Hey, I'll call the police for you. I'm not opening the door. Um, That's number one. Number two. You know, we harp on this. Don't leave your home to go. I, I get it. Like this is he. He's a he's a police officer. He's you know, plain clothes off duty. Maybe has that that drive of like, hey, I'm going to help out the you know the PD or the the sheriff's department. Um, but even in this case, we see like, don't don't leave your home because you you don't know. <laughs> how many people are out there or what their motivation is or how motivated they are to harm you. Um, he leaves the home armed with a, a firearm. And we just saw how a guy with a knife was shot by a concealed carrier with the gun. And that was a despair. you know, the, the, the force was uh, of, of the firearm was, was good. He probably had distance and was able to um, utilize the, the, the gun effectively, but he went out in order to detain somebody um armed with a handgun, guy was armed with a knife. Maybe he didn't know he had a knife, whatever the case was, but he ends up getting into physical confrontation trying to defend this guy. And we have to remember, like especially for officers, you don't have the same tools with you that you do when you're on duty, right? You don't have cuffs. You don't have a radio. You don't have other options. It's just you and you may not have that duty holster that allows you to go hands on with suspects and fight and, and have a, you know, some security in that, that firearm, uh, being holstered. If you go out there and you have it in, you know, e- even an IWB holster, who knows if he had in the holster at all, he might have just grabbed it and gone out there. And now you're in a fight. What do you do with your handgun? And it's, You know, in this case, he loses control of it, um, gets stabbed, and now has given up his ability to protect his family, and has to go back now because the suspect's trying to get into his home. And you know, uh, clear. You know, in the in the article, it says that the the woman advised the sheriff's department on on the phone call that, um, "Hey, my my husband's an off duty police officer. He went outside. He's armed." and so, responding officers may or, or deputies may or may not have had that information. Um, I don't know. Um, you, you know, on one hand, you're like, if they had that information, uh, having some more discretion in, hey, let me make sure that this isn't that off-duty officer that that they. But maybe uh, timing-wise, they didn't get that information. Um, clearly. You know, it's reasonable for an officer arriving on scene of a guy who, you know, just robbed a, a convenience store, fled. Uh, he was armed with a gun. He's pounding on a door um, to arrive at that location and see a guy armed with a gun running towards the front door and assume that that's the guy, right? And so, uh, I mean, it, this is one of those where it, it, it's, it's an awful outcome but the the responding sh- you know sheriff uh deputy unless he knew descriptions were so different or you know some some sort of uh, factor like that it's it's reasonable that that he would take that shot so we have to pay attention um first don't leave your home and second if you are out in public you know you have to identify yourself as as the good guy in any way you you can
0: You're right about as far as information reaching uh, officers that are on the scene, there have been numerous failures. And it happens in a lot of different contexts, actually, uh, where uh, information from dispatch doesn't get to officers out on the street. Mm -hmm. Um, Dispatchers have a a difficult job to do. They have to manage a lot of different things. um, But we can always find room for improvements in how information is managed and handled and, and provided to those that are the eyes and the feet on the ground. Um, how quickly that information is relayed to dispatch relative to the time that officers responding to the scene is going to be a factor. And, uh, also whether officers are able to actually hear or receive that information. So, um, a lot of factors there. And, uh, we need to, where possible, including those that we, you know, our family members or anybody that we are with need to, uh, you know, do their best effort, make our best good faith effort in providing information to dispatch that's relevant to what's taking place on the scene as accurately as possible. Um, but uh, can't count on that always getting through to the officer on the ground. So uh, good thoughts there, Matthew. Um, yeah again we've we've we we don't need to beat on that horse some more here because uh we've we've covered this subject quite a bit in the past. Mm-hmm. But this is just another good reminder for us all to be pondering our own response strategies and to what you said relative to like our own responsibility as the first responder essentially. We are all we are all our own first responders ultimately police and medical are really second responders. Um, it, we, we need to really be super aware of of the situation and the environment as it's developing and do our absolute best of being aware when law enforcement and other responders are showing up to the scene uh, because that will allow us to, we can't, you know, if we have the, I, the attitude that we're not assuming that they will know who i am then at least i can take actions to ensure that as soon as i realize they are showing up on scene i do some i I take actions that make it clear that i am not a threat and that i am not the person they are after Mm -hmm. so anyway uh let's see next up we've got a story here It's loading. Cincinnati.com shooter in road rage homicide called 911 and said he shot in self defense. This is unfortunately another thing that we're seeing more and more examples of. And these are the kinds of things I really hate to see because this is America, y'all. This is America. And like, I'm a big proponent of the Second Amendment and think we should all be able to just carry whatever guns we want around with us permit or not but here's the thing with rights come great responsibilities and by golly there are people out there that are not being responsible and it's going to cause problems for the rest of us if we can't be smarter than some of the people out there this story doesn't look so good matthew why don't you tell us what went down there in the cincinnati area
1: Yeah, this happened, uh, Friday night, January 24th, uh, two vehicles, uh, on the freeway. Uh, uh, people reported that they saw two vehicles racing down the freeway. Um, apparently obviously is a road rage thing, um, they end up, uh, either making contact or having some sort of, you know, fender bender or, uh, you know, both exit, um, the 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 freeway and stop on the side of the road as you would suspect one person stays in their in their car the other one gets out uh starts banging on the window of the the one driver's uh vehicle um that the this person uh uh try, tries to open up the door as you would imagine uh and The person inside the vehicle fears for their life, their safety. Uh, This person's aggressively trying to assault them or pull them out of the vehicle or get into their vehicle um, and shoots them. Uh, The person dies uh, who is outside his vehicle. And um, so the person calls 911 right away. Both of these men, by the way, have at least in the story, another person in the car, their wife. It doesn't say anything about children in the car, but at least one other person. So not only are they not concerned with their own safety, the safety of their families, but all the other people who are on the road while they're racing and trying to one up each other because somebody cut somebody off or gave them the finger, who knows what it was, right? Um, and so right now, the, the person uh, who did the shooting, he's not under arrest. It, it you know, They um, are saying that you know, apparently, uh, there was enough, at least from what was gathered from witnesses that, yes, what happened, how this person, uh, you know, characterized the, uh, the attack on him, uh, before he shot. Who knows, you know, what will happen? I, I, I don't want to speculate if he would be arrested or not, but he hasn't. Um, and this is one of those things where, man, just like you said, Riley, like, w- look, If you have to shoot somebody, make sure that you shoot them, right? Like if that's the only way to survive, of course, but this is, this is one of those things that was completely avoidable. Um, And, you know, at least from what we know, right, these vehicles were racing each other or in pursuit of one another. Um, Come on, you know, drive to a safe place, drive to a location, drive to a police department, get on the phone before you shoot somebody. Hey, I'm being let's say this guy who shot the other person had nothing to do with this. It was trying to avoid it. Get on the phone before you shoot somebody, call the police, say I'm I'm being followed by this car. He's chasing me. They're trying to ride me out, you know, run me off the road. Uh, Google or whatever maps you use to get to a police department or station or say, I want to, where can I meet a, a officer? They'll give you a location. Hey, dispatch an officer to this you know, gas station that the exit you're coming up on and meet the officer there, right? Like there's other ways to handle this, um, other than getting off the freeway and shooting somebody who's now attacking your, you mm-hmm. in your vehicle and potentially you could have driven away, right? Like yep. I don't, I don't know. Um, yep. you know, we now in Ohio don't have stand your ground or we do have stand your ground. We don't have a duty to retreat. Imagine this person trying to defend themselves and saying, I act in self defense. If Ohio still had duty to retreat and saying, Hey, we have to factor in the fact that you could have driven away before using not saying that would have changed it. I'm just saying it's something that would have definitely gone into the calculus of this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well stated. Um, The details we have here in the story is that this other man that according to the person that pulled the trigger, who suddenly stopped in front of him and reversed into him and they collided, uh, yeah, okay. That's not cool. That's a that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they say this other man was trying to open his door and pound it on his window, that's justification for self-defense. Like really? Like I, I know there's probably some people out there who disagree with that, but I'm sorry, like you gotta put this into context. Now, to be fair, there has not been a ruling uh, or a determination made yet in this case as right. to. The shooter, the trigger presser here, being uh, charged with anything, but I'm going to just, gonna, I'm just going to say, it does not look good. Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't want right? to be that guy, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. This, this is problematic for sure. Uh, if he gets away with this, he's lucky at the, at the very best, uh, and it would not surprise me one bit. And in, in fact, I am expecting to see some charges filed in this case. So. Uh, the whole driving thing, road raging, all of that, like, this is one of the areas that is so important, but yet it's so difficult for so many people to practice the the idea of avoidance and or de- de-escalation, okay? And I know that there are sometimes incidents that occur that are completely out of your control, where the other person, no matter what you do, uh, doesn't allow you to... Deescalate or avoid some kind of conflict with them. So, total, total, totally understand that those kinds of things exist, but by and large, most road rage incidents I come across and see in the news and see videos of are avoidable in some way. Okay. Now, well, they ran my car, and that was justification because you know that's a that's assault with a deadly weapon. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know like that's that's a that's sometimes a, it depends on the severity of that obviously uh it depends on the specific circumstances of, of that incident but to to then say that well they were at my window pounding on it trying to open my door and so I shot him like that that's just that's not the same thing as yeah he just rammed you but that part of the incident's over now it's moved on to something else entirely and uh hmm guess what? I'll tell you this much. If he somehow manages to f- make entry into your vehicle and you have a legitimate threat against l- life or severe bodily injury at that point, like there's still time to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm reminded of, dude, I was in a situation years ago. This is, this is quite a while ago. I was a much younger man. And while I'm generally a pretty easygoing guy, Sometimes I, you know, my temper can get the best of me. And I remember really getting into it with somebody on the road. Uh, you're just driving it, never, you know, we never stopped and got out and like exchanged words or anything like that. Um, but just was this, I'd say, extended road rage type incident that was on the freeway that went over, you know, a couple of miles. And I am not proud of my refusal to let them get away with it. (laughs) Um, And, uh, I can very easily see how my own actions at that time. Again, I was a much younger, immature man at that, at that time. I could see how that could have turned into something way worse. And, um, even now to this day, you know, like something happened just the other week that was very irritating to me. And it's like, ah, but okay. Deep breath. Okay. It's not that important. And, uh, Unfortunately, reading stories like this has only given me greater understanding and personal um, discipline to just, you know what, this can very easily go somewhere I don't want it to. So deep breaths, back off the gas pedal, or if i am in front of them, don't get on the brake, right? Just Just ease your way out of that situation as best you can, okay? We'll all be better for it, safer for it. And our Second Amendment will be all the better for it as well. Worker stabbed fatally shoots attacker at Prime and Proper in downtown Detroit. This, is according to Fox2Detroit.com. This happened, it said, according to police at a restaurant involving a restaurant employee who fatally shot a man armed with a knife who was attacking him in downtown Detroit. Police there say there was an altercation between the employee at Prime and Proper Restaurant. Sounds like a fancy place. Yeah. Prime and Proper, uh, and the person who ultimately stabbed him about twelve ten a.m. Sunday. The restaurant employee then shot the fifty-two-year-old attacker, whom, as it said in the opening uh, sentence, there that, that that wounding was fatal to that attacker. The stabbing victim is in stable condition. No other injuries have been reported. So uh, good good on this man for, number one, carrying his gun, and number two, being able and willing to use it. In a, this is a very legitimate self-defense story. This is actually our first story uh, from our category of actual justified saves. We, we did lead off with uh, the, the story out of Waco earlier that also applied. Um, and then we talked about some what nots to do, but this is, we're back now on track with, this is a good, this is a good story. Not a lot of details on this one, but you know, happened uh, just outside of a nice upscale steakhouse Mm -hmm. with a butcher bar, according to Google maps here. Mm -hmm. And uh, this individual was stabbed, but was able to defend themselves successfully. Bravo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, just because you work at an upscale restaurant doesn't mean some, drunk person or whatever problem they they were having you know uh isn't going to pull out a knife and try to stab you and kill you right like so uh, not trying to fear monger get people scared but it it happens in nice neighborhoods upscale restaurants and you know walmart's and mcdonald's
0: yep and speaking of which i hope to be in the detroit area uh later this year teaching a class And, uh, I'm going to avoid the prime and proper steakhouse (laughs) mostly because I probably can't afford it. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Caught on camera. Gas station owner pulls gun on would be thief. This is on WPTA 21.com, uh, channel 21, ABC news affiliate there in Mount Sterling, Ohio area. Where is Mount Sterling? Exactly. Do you know you're Ohio? Yeah. I should know this. It's, <laughs> um,
1: I, I don't, I don't know where it is. It's not far from here, but I, I, I don't, don't know. Why don't you
0: tell us uh, what happened there? Why yeah, look up
1: where Mount Sterling is. All right. I can do that. Um, so this gas station, uh, BP, uh, is, is run by a guy named Raj Patel and he's owned it for 23 years. The dude, um, if you go to the show notes and you follow this link, uh, for this, it, the, does he speaks, uh, to the, uh, reporters and gives a great testimony of coming from a different country where guns are not allowed and learning how to defend themselves and the, um, importance of the Second Amendment and, um, why he, he, he. You know, is crediting that to him surviving. Anyways, what ends up happening is, uh, a guy comes into this, uh, gas station. Raj is on the, uh, I- uh on the inside of, um, th- uh, on the, you know, at the cash register on the inside of, uh, there's a plexiglass thing, you know, with COVID and they got a plexiglass divider. He's on the inside of that guy comes up and shoves a, uh, rifle, uh, through, you know, underneath the, um Divider, and it's right at Raj Patel. Now, I, in the video, um, you, you can't really I can't really tell if you know there's a lot of room for him to move offline or whatnot. but um Raj Patel carries a firearm. and from what it appears in, in this video, um not the surveillance video, but the video interviewing him, that he open carries it. and know how you can open carry. He open carries uh, his, his firearm there and uh he draws his firearm quickly on a gun that's already drawn on him now who knows if the, the rifle was loaded or not but he was able to kind of um i think maybe because of the way he drew he kind of bladed his body i don't know if it was intentional or not um draws his firearm and gets off one round um uh, doesn't strike the uh the armed robber that guy's fleas they end up uh uh, getting him in into custody later on. But one interesting thing that I picked up and I'm sure that you can, you can uh, uh, expand on this Riley, but he, Raj has a, uh, has a malfunction with this firearm that only allows him to fire one round. It, the, the slide goes out of battery um, and it, it I it doesn't, I don't know if it's a, you know, a double feed or something, but the slide is partially locked to the rear. Um it, you know, it could have been a, you know, maybe uh he limprus did it. I it almost looks like he had a thumbs over grip and this the back of the slide hit his hand. And I I don't really know, but he was able to get one round off, um, saving, you know, potentially saving his life. Um, but it, it not only is this story good, but you definitely wanna look at the watch the video because it's great to see somebody who comes to this country and then Uh, understands the importance of the second amendment.
0: Yep. I agree. Uh, This is a good one. And uh, of course, links to all of the stories that we discuss in the, uh, this podcast are included in the show notes of this episode. Once it is uh, officially published out there in the podcast feed, Um, I completely agree that, I mean, it's a malfunction that occurred here. And I absolutely think it was his support hand thumb that mm-hmm. went over the back of his firing hand and obstructed the slide from going all the way to the rear. So mm-hmm. failed to probably fully extract the cartridge case out of the gun. And so, yeah, that's a problem, obviously. Um, if he needed to use more shots, uh, then he would have been in a bit of a pickle. Um, but fortunately, for him, the one shot was all that was necessary, and they got that got that uh, man on the move and out of there so uh it, it really is like it's worthwhile to go watch the news report here, watch the interview with Mr. Patel and uh, hear his perspective. so i enjoy I joined that as well. It, like mm-hmm. you, you hit on all the same things. just mm-hmm. hey, I obviously came from a different country. And I'm so, you know, like I just got this sense that I'm proud of American. Now I have gun, uh, you know, I defend myself and like, awesome. Good for you, dude. Like proud of you. Yeah. Next story. Fox 29, Philadelphia store worker shoots suspect during robbery in Wissenoming. Police say apparently Wissenoming a neighborhood or part of Philadelphia. I'm going to guess. I, I think I'd heard about it here once upon a time, but, Forgot. I always, I get a kick out of some of the little town and uh, uh, township names and different places out out east because they're a lot more creative than they are out here in in the (laughs) west. I think. Um. Oh, by the way, uh, Matthew, uh, Mount Sterling, Ohio, is is like twenty miles southwest of Columbus. So yeah, Yeah, there you
1: go. I know it's close by. I should know. (laughs) I apologize. Those from Mount Sterling. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, Philadelphia store worker whose police say was shot during an armed robbery was, it was able to return fire wounding one of the suspects. The store clerk, a a 32 year old woman is now hospitalized in critical condition after she was shot as many as three times. Another report I saw said four times the incident occurred just before 4am Tuesday morning inside of a store, uh, in Philadelphia's Wissanoming neighborhood. This is a uh, small store that's open 24-7. There's quite a bit of footage of it in the uh, uh, the new video news report that's included in this story, again, on fox29.com. And basically the story went down is that uh, you had two suspects that entered into the store, both armed, uh, one of which was some kind of, it looked like a, like a, you know like a uh, like an ar pistol kind of sort of thing i don't know if it was an actual ar platform i couldn't really see it particularly well but it was larger than a typical handgun uh, he he goes in takes the lead goes behind the counter of this shop where apparently there was like a sofa there and the one of the store, store clerks was just hanging out on the sofa uh, there's another clerk i think was working there at the time as well and so you know they're they're, they're just trying to read the situation, diffuse it, whatever. But the clerk sitting on the sofa immediately came out with a handgun and shot at the suspects, particularly hitting one of them several times, who then later self-reported to to, uh, Temple University Hospital. And at least that's what I recall reading, unless I'm mixing up with another story. And, uh, of course, she got also shot in the process, uh, which, you know, we know is a very real possibility. If we're going to engage in a shootout with somebody trying to hurt us, there's a probability that we're also going to get hurt. Um, Obviously, we hope that we use good tactics, that we choose the best time to make our own move uh, so that we can hopefully seize the advantage, the tactical advantage here uh i i would say uh, you know you, there's just a little bit of surveillance video you can watch on this one and you know whether the woman chose the best time to make her move is, is is definitely debatable i think in this instance but it is what it is fortunately she was armed and able to return fire and it saved the life of the other person in the store for sure now the other thing here that was interesting and I caught this in a couple of different spots in the reporting on the story Matthew is it kept referring to the gun in the that the clerk used as being like the, the one the one clerk said it's the gun we keep in the store mm-hmm. and uh, and and then it was referred to a couple other times as belonging to the store mm-hmm. um which is an interesting choice of words so uh and I suspect that this is probably a thing out there. There are probably stores, gas stations, convenience stores and the like that may very well have guns that are tucked away in places for use by, by some of their clerks. Um, and you know, if you're listening to this podcast and that happens to describe you, you might want to review the, you know, the laws as respect to guns and who purchases them and who possesses them. And, 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 how they are used and stored. I mean, just want to check up on that, especially for your particular local jurisdiction. Um, but uh, when I hear something like that, it's like, hmm, that's, that's curious. So, but anyway, I'm glad she was able to defend herself because guess what? I think some of those laws are dumb anyway. Yeah. And uh, the fact that this woman was able to defend herself, bravo uh, to her. And I think she did the right thing. Maybe, you know, could have cleaned up the tactics part of it a little bit better. But, you know, we live and we learn and hopefully, well, really, in this case, live. Uh, and, and I hope that she makes a full recovery and gets out of the hospital very soon.
1: Yeah, but part of uh, the, like you said, the the surveillance video is really brief, but part of, I think, why she was able to get shots on, even considering that these guys came in with a firearm that was clearly loaded and, uh, and, and you know, pointed it at you know, her uh, randomly. And the other guy that was in there um, was that it seemed as though that she almost knew something was going to happen because she either had it on her lap or in a purse that was on her lap. I can't really tell, but it was like something was cueing her that, Hey, uh, beforehand. And then when the, you know, when she saw the firearm uh, you know um, the, the bad guy with the firearm. it she didn't stand up from the, from the uh, couch. She was still sitting seated at the couch. And then uh, one of the dogs that was there kind of jumped up on the, on the, uh, the guy with the gun. And she used that, time to kind of just she just kind of leaned out and started shooting from a seated position and we don't normally see people shoot from a seated position unless they're in a vehicle but this is one that we caught on you know surveillance camera and it's kind of a, a unique thing um you know to think about because we don't typically practice shooting from a seat of position it shouldn't be much difficult much more different than standing but um nonetheless like it was just kind of a you know a unique thing with the story
0: yeah makes me wonder if the gun is actually tucked into the cushions of the uh sofa. Yeah, maybe uh I was just thinking about it like you know like it's it's four am you're working in this twenty four seven store mm-hmm. uh, it, it's probably hard to work in a job like that where maybe you're not getting a lot of traffic so you're just lounging on the on the love seat of the sofa or whatever uh because like the next thing I was thinking is this is a good lesson of just like making sure you don't let your guard down, mm-hmm. um, even though it's very easy and tempting to do so at times. Yeah. And, uh, but then I was thinking, well, maybe the gun's actually in the sofa, you That's, know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, anyway, be responsible. Of course, as, as I was alluding to earlier with your firearms, make sure you understand the laws. I don't want to see anybody get in trouble. Uh, you know, we want people to be able to defend themselves, but I don't want to see anybody get in trouble because they violate laws. And it would be unfortunate if, for some reason, police decide to crack down on this store, this store owner, or whatever, because you know they, for whatever reason, aren't complying with local or state laws, as res- with respects to, or federal laws, for that matter, with respects to who owns that gun and who's got possession of it and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Pennsylvania, so it's perhaps not a problem, not an issue. I don't know. Just, uh, just good, good, uh, good to consider. Um. Pizza delivery driver shoots armed carjacker in Kensington, police say. This also in the Kensington neighborhood of Philadelphia. So we just covered a robbery there. Now we're covering a carjacking. This one involving a pizza delivery driver. So what went down here, Matthew? Yeah, so this is pretty straightforward as far as, you know,
1: uh, these types of things go. Um Uh, this is 7 30 PM. So not, you know, super late again, pizza delivery driver. They're very vulnerable, even though most people are paying by, you know, credit card or something beforehand and they're just out there delivering. Um, apparently, you know, um, there may be some people still targeting pizza delivery drivers for money, but in this case, it, it maybe just vehicles because yes. um I'll just mention this statistic before I get into the story um actually that was for an, that was a different time uh, a different story in that story, they put some statistics as far as how many carjackings. The, in this story, um, if you go to the show notes and you follow over to the reporter, most of the time when we and I mentioned this to Riley, uh, most of the time when we get DGU stories, they're very brief. The reporting is abominable. You know, it's terrible um, as far as detail goes. But in this story, the the reporter goes in and says, uh, "We've been covering these stories." Like every fifth day, like this is the same mm-hmm. thing that's happening basically every fifth day. We're out here, and he uses some terms that's like you don't normally hear. He said, You know, people, these guys that are, you know, becoming victims of uh, carjackings are starting to D up, and we're seeing them, you know, arm themselves and D up. And, and I mean, it was more um, positive towards. Yes, it no longer is, I, I think there's some swing publicly as far as catching on that we need to D up or, you know, be able to defend ourselves. Uh, but anyways, it, apparently in this area, carjackings are, are through the roof. So 7.30 PM, uh, a pizza, pizza delivery driver is driving his car. Um, a um, it doesn't say, oh, he's 39 years old, carjacked. Uh, he's approached by the armed carjacker and he, and, uh, gets a gun pointed at him, demands his vehicle, uh, pizza or pizza delivery driver pulls out his own firearm, fires multiple rounds, strikes the, uh, the, uh, carjacker and, um, the carjacker is in critical condition at the, uh, at the hospital driver, uh, you know, apparently delivering pizza still. So that's yeah. good.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's all I got to say about that, but you're <laughs> right. As far as picking up on just some of the lingo and language that the reporters is using. Um, yeah. I, and I've seen some similar things here in the Denver area with respect to local media that they're cluing in to the rise in crime and the fact that armed citizens are defending themselves more and more. And I'm not going to say they're on our side. I think probably some of them are, mm-hmm. but, uh, the narrative here is, is important, uh, with respect to normalizing the idea of self-defense. And I think local media plays an important role in that. And I'm not saying they have a job or an obligation or duty, uh, like their jobs is just to report news. And I think that too often, uh, personal opinions and things influence what is reported a lot of times. But, uh, you can't help but you know when you see night after night after night of of violence in your cities uh and people seem to be dying senselessly it, it frankly it's a good feeling when you see citizens that stand up for themselves are able to stand up for themselves and are able to use deadly force judiciously and save their lives and the lives of others and that's that's good on them yeah um our final story is also from the Philadelphia area. So we had like three stories back to back to back in Philly. And this final one is another carjacking. So this, like when you were just saying that previous reporter was talking about, yeah, you know, it's like every fifth day we have a story like this. This is probably one of the ones he's referring to. This one is reported on philadelphia.cbslocal.com. And it says here, a wild carjacking shootout in West Mount Airy, ended with more than a dozen bullets fired and a 16-year-old suspect in the hospital Thursday night. So basically what you have here is a 60-year-old man was getting out of his vehicle. He was approached by two teens. The 16-year-old teen threatened him with a gun and demanded the keys to his car. So you're absolutely right. I think by and large, a lot of these carjackings are, are just that. They're, they're, it has become, and it, especially this is, Just anecdotally paying attention to my own local news in the Denver metro area uh, has become a very popular thing with young teen Mm -hmm. criminals to steal or carjack vehicles because then they have access to a vehicle they can then go and cruise the town with, have a good time, and commit other crimes uh, in the course of that as well. And so absolutely here what you have is couple of teens looking to jack a car and uh this 60 year old man pulls his gun and shoots Mm -hmm. rather than complying with the demand for his keys you know more and more my uh, opinion matthew is is with respect to do we comply or do we respond with force to situations like this is i mean again every situation is situationally dependent but more and more, I'm of the opinion that uh, we we must be really certain if we're going to comply and take that course of action that it's not going to cost us our lives. And that's hard to do. Yeah. But I've been seeing, again, anecdotally, but it feels like I've been seeing more and more stories where people are robbed and that the perpetrators of those crimes then go ahead and beat, stab, or shoot the victim after they gain right. their belongings, after yeah. they take their stuff from them. And and so uh, it's just purely a, a lack of care uh, for life. Uh, don't give a crap. They just want your stuff. And when they're done using you for that purpose, it uh, doesn't matter what happens to you. So I just came across a, a similar story and it wasn't a justified self defense one, and so it's you know I didn't ever bother sharing it with you for purposes of the podcast here because it didn't apply to the justified saves thing, but was essentially an armed robbery on the street, and the person compl- complied and gave the, over their stuff, and then they were shot. Mm-hmm. Cold blooded, you know. It's just it's it's like the exit, you know, mic drop strategy. It's like thank you very much for your stuff. Okay, see you later as they're walking away. Pop pop, mm-hmm. right. So, um, anyway, 60 year old man draws his gun, shoots the police say that they know that this, this incident consisted of 17 shots. At least that's the number of shell casings they found. They know that some of those are from the 60 year old victim and that some of them are from the 16 year old teenage male who was committing the carjacking, who was the one that got shot. The teen was hit twice in the legs and is in critical condition. Again, to those that say, why didn't they just shoot him in the leg? Mm-hmm. Um, you could still die and end up in critical condition, uh, being shot in the leg. But anyway, I am um, I am glad that this man uh, fought back successfully. I think he did what was right. Sometimes you'll see stories like this where the media seems to hype up the fact that the, the, the perpetrator of the crime was underage. They were significantly young. And you know what? The age here, unfortunately, is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. We have a violent crime being committed. I'm not saying that's what happened here. I think this one was actually reported pretty fairly. But we had here a violent criminal act taking place and a man that responded with violence in a justified manner successfully and defended his life and somehow managed not to get injured himself kudos to him bravo to him uh and i'll tell you it says here in this article at the bottom of it there have been 91 carjackings in the city of philadelphia this year compared to 24 in the same period last year folks if you're in that area but this is also true in a lot of big cities across the u.s but it seems like philly is hey you're going to be wanting to watch your back
1: yeah yeah um i'll there's a couple of little things that popped out to me um, and I'll just hit them really quick. Um, 17 shots. Right. So quite a few for those who are like, oh, if I need to reload, I'm doing something wrong. Or if I need more than two rounds, right? Like, okay, maybe they were only two rounds. Maybe he only fired two rounds and both hit his legs. I would doubt it because if your rounds only hit somebody's legs, you're probably there. I mean, maybe that's what you're targeting, but, maybe you fired other ones and you just hit the legs those either in any event 17 rounds are fired uh total so even if he only fired two rounds that means the other guy emptied 15 rounds on this guy so you know um capacity matters you should think about it um one other thing that i think is and i'll like this will kind of like Bring it right full circle back to what you were talking about earlier with, um, you know, the 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 state of, um, you know, our our society mentally and things like that. Um, what struck me is we have a 60 year old guy who's delivering pizzas he's working typically you, you know a 60 year old guy he's maybe been working his whole life time to retire time to be able to not be working and you have a 17 year old who should be working should be delivering pizzas should be working instead is out there committing crimes against you know a 60 year old man flipped upside down uh, you know what this is this is the problem we have youth that are um, just completely uh, immoral and in, e- in, in committing acts of evil and uh, and it's sad to see see that happen. That kind of popped out to me like, man, I- I'm thinking about if, if 60 years old if I'm still driving you know or still working and delivering pizzas I'd hate to have to you know uh defend myself against some kid who should be working there's enough jobs to be working uh that you don't have to be out there robbing people but yes. I guess that's another conversation
0: yes yeah i mean these issues are complex ones you know mm-hmm. as far as like why are we where we are uh, because there are many factors and variables at play here keep in mind the 16 year old uh uh violent criminal actor here it was 14 years old when COVID kicked off. Right. And a lot happens in two years and, you know, it makes you wonder and ask the questions of like, where was this kid two years ago? What was he up to? What was he doing? Uh, You know, is the fact that uh, he was sent home from school for lockdowns or quarantines or whatever for however many months at a time, uh, Put him, you know, in a position where he was at home with nothing to do, and found, you know, things to get into, and and maybe made, you know, did, got involved with things with the not the best of friends, and that, you know, just there's just you see what I'm getting at is like I don't, I'm not saying that's what happened here. I'm just saying that like it there's so many variables at play here that have brought us to where we are, to where crime is rampant and and really kind of running away, and you know you add on top of that the fact that. I remember when we first started talking about it, pretty early on with COVID where they're like, oh, we might have to start releasing prisoners from prison early right. because, you know, we're concerned we're going to have COVID outbreaks in the prisons. And, um, you know, that's just not fair to these prisoners and we can't be having them in close contact with one another. And, you know, and like I was like, this is a stupid, stupid idea because we know where this goes. If this is the, the policy that we create And so some of that has happened. And then on top of that, well, we can't really prosecute these people right now because courts are shut down. And well, we don't have a place for them in the jail because again, we can't have overcrowding in the jails because of COVID and woo. Hey, look where we are now. Anyway, I don't mean to make it about COVID, but just kind of like, there's a reason why we are where we are and it's complex. It's varied. There are many, many, many variables and factors at play. Um, And when you add it all up, that's where you end up with a, 200 300 percent increase in carjackings in a city like philadelphia over you know in a month period anyway yeah. so uh cool that brings us to the conclusion of our stories we selected for you here today uh, we appreciate you for supporting and listening to this podcast uh, making it one of the top podcasts out there in the world you know, at least in this space in this type of content Um, so, and we're rather happy and and even proud of that fact and it's because of you for supporting us. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Uh, before we let you go, we are going to announce the weekly giveaway winner podcast giveaway. Uh, this week we're giving away a pack of nine millimeter dummy rounds from ready up gear. So, um, who is our lucky winner for that?
1: Yeah. uh, Johnny R, you won the pack of nine millimeter dummy rounds. We'll be sending it out to you once you uh, email me and give me your your shipping address. So I'll be watching for that. And next week, or this week, if you want to enter in, we're giving away uh, the 2A Defender shirt that's in our uh, online store. It's a t-shirt, really cool little design there, 2A Defender shirt, free shirt. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, congrats to Johnny R. on winning the dummy rounds. Folks, sign up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. You got to repeat that entry every week because that list washes out at the end of a week. It resets every Monday. Uh, so make sure each week you're you're, you're going into concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize and putting your info in on that page. Sharing it with your friends and family for o- other additional entries and uh, that way you could be considered for the weekly prize giveaway. Yep. Well, that brings us to a conclusion here, a one a reminder, one more shout out here to our sponsors. Thank you to CCW Safe for sponsoring this episode here today. Folks, again, check them out at ccwsafe.com and also Gunfighter Gun Oil, which you can find at gunfighteroil.com. And again, of course, our title sponsor, as always, Excess Sites. Thank you so much, guys, for your support, our sponsor's support of this podcast, and also you, our listeners' support of our sponsors, which allows us to keep doing what we do. So, folks, let you go. I'm going to be right back here in a bit with uh, Jacob uh, for another episode. And uh, so, until then, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.